0: previously on radio radio the podcast i have decided to work independently to start my own project that is this radio radio is <laughs> is anybody... little did i know that what i had dreamed was soon going to become a nightmare <laughs> that there was no reason why i got here Boilets! toilets toilets for him Oh, beautiful for spacious skies and amber waves of soybeans so goes the fight song for one local high school football team here in state-of-the-art ohio a team lovingly named and mascotted as the mighty movie monsters undefeated so far this season but i'm not here to watch a football game this friday night I have a meeting with a contact from the local Farmers Bureau, who I know from my days attending the Ravenswood Neighborhood Farmers Market in Chicago, Illinois, where I bought my seasonal peaches. Where who bought their seasonal peaches? Hi again, I'm Nick Gogol, and this is Radio Radio the Podcast, the podcast for people who took a bath in a public pool yesterday. It's Friday night. I'm here at the big game, and I've just spotted my contact. Wyndham Neural, member of the local Farmers Bureau here in uh, state-of-the-art Ohio, and he's sitting in the back of the bleachers like we uh, planned to meet over the phone. Uh, I know it's him because he's wearing the red cord rose gold pendant bolo. He said he would. I'm just gonna make my way up there and, uh... Hi. Hi, Wyndham? Hi. Uh, we spoke on the phone oh, earlier. Oh, yeah. It's uh, me, Nick Gogol. Y- yes, uh, Nick. Yes, of course. You uh, promised to... You, you offered to talk to me uh, about soybeans?
1: Soybeans? Perhaps we'd better go somewhere a little quieter.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, let me just... Yeah. We'll just head back. Uh, I think... If we had- we- we can probably get some privacy over behind the cotton candy stand. Uh, yeah. Everyone's getting ice cream tonight.
1: You've seen the fields, of course.
0: The soybean fields?
1: No Sally fields. Of course the soybean fields. Do you mean you haven't?
0: Well, well no. Not yet. I wanted to meet with you first.
1: Well, I wouldn't wait on it if I were you. If you're too patient, you might just miss your chance.
0: Is something happening with the fields?
1: Yeah. Something's happening. Something big. Big things are already happening. Like I said, you'd better hurry.
0: What's happening to the soybean fields?
1: I can't explain it to you just yet. You'll have to go and see for yourself.
0: What will I see if I go to the bean fields?
1: I, I, I said I can't say. You, you, you'd better just go. I, I can't, can't say anything just yet.
0: Would you be willing to go out there with me and talk us through what we're seeing?
1: No. Uh, oh, no. Y- you don't know what you're asking. I've, I've, I've said too much already.
0: I-, I guess I'll just have to see for myself then. C- could you at least tell me where to start?
1: I have to go, but wait. H- here, take this with you. you. You might find that it comes in handy.
0: Apocalypse of beans. I see now why Wyndham was at a loss to explain this. I'll do my best to describe what I'm seeing. The, The average soybean plant at harvest, if it's grown in good soil, is vibrant and leafy, green, outcropped with hard green or tan, hairy bean pods. Which are swollen with beans, but the, the soil here has turned. It's a marsh-like mixture with the harsh, fine texture of a beach sand. Pick up a handful and it runs out through your fingers, leaving them damp. Collect the damp in a clear glass and it's the color of the creeping water stain in my last apartment. The crop itself is wilted, and wherever leaves still cling to the plant, they appear nearly disintegrated. The beans themselves are a hazy gray color now, coated in a filmy substance that rubs off when you touch them, and they have a sour taste. It's not clear if the soil poisoned the plants or vice versa, but something is clearly going wrong here. I need to get a closer look. Luckily, Wyndham gave me something he thought might come in handy. A handheld magnifying glass. It's a bright sunny day, and I can see the leaf I'm holding clearly and in detail. There's no chew marks, it's probably not insects or another plant predator. This, this all looks like something is causing internal harm to the plant. I'm crouching down now to take a closer look at the roots. Hmm. These these roots are blunted, like they aren't getting enough nourishment, or like they're leaching something harmful through the soil. Are they being neglected? Is it pesticides? Are they being sabotaged? I see s- something s- strange. There's a uh, an odd, uh, dry discoloration near the base of this plant. It's, almost flaking off. Under the magnifying glass, I can just barely make it out. If I can push this magnifying glass into the soil and get it to keep still, and take a picture through the lens, I can send it to my friend Aphid at the herbology department at Juilliard. There's just enough light here. Yes, that's that's clear. Okay, okay. No reception. All right. You hold on, little soybean. I'm gonna get you some help. I'll try... I'll head that way, see if I can get a signal. Hmm. Maybe... Okay, sent. Huh. Now, where did I leave that magnifying glass? I think I was over this... Hmm. is that... is that smoke? It can be hard to start a family, especially if you already have a life. A life, a job, a mortgage, car payments... It can be hard to juggle all of these things. And what's most important? Well, luckily there's help for you. Pup tent. It's a new way of dealing with childcare. Just bring your kid here and dogs take care of them. A doggy daycare with a dog's care. For your child. It's also hard to clean. Tired of cleaning up your filthy apartment and feeling like you've just made yourself as dirty as everything that you've touched the entire day but don't really have the energy to shower, why don't you try something new? Uh, Introducing Rock Solid. It's a new kind of cleaning glove and it's made of pure stoneware ceramic and you can hold it and, and put it on over your hands. It will make sure that you don't ever touch anything that you don't want to touch, really. Rock solid. Over a hundred times thicker than traditional rubber gloves. And finally, the hardest thing to do in the world is entertain yourself. Introducing American Sicko 2, a movie where you can watch women get butchered for almost three and a half hours, but then at the end, did any of it really happen? American Sicko 2. On... View at theaters in select states on June 6, 2066. Uh, go, go and see it. These ads of my presentation of the Disney Company. Reference this ad when purchasing one of the aforementioned products, and receive an opportunity to win a handshake from Mickey. The wildfire. It spread like a... It spread very quickly. And I ran. I ran towards the wooded area bordering the soybean field ran into the woods, ran until I nearly collapsed. I had to keep moving away from the fire, I couldn't stop or I risked being caught up in it. The smoke was dry... It, you know what? You get the idea, so I'll skip the details. Suffice to say, when I finally dragged myself to shore, however many miles downstream from the river I had uh, fallen into, I needed to find a place to dry off and to rest. It was getting dark and I had no idea how I'd get back to the farm where the Mission Pangea was parked. Luckily I had found shelter in an abandoned barn here in the woods. That's where I am now, sitting in the bare middle of a room on an overturned iron bucket I found. Was this barn for livestock? For grain storage? Was it a secret distillery for whiskey during prohibition? I had no way of knowing, and I wasn't going to find out tonight. It's pitch black in here. The only thing I can see is just barely my own hands. So, with that, and with the hours ahead of me until I'm going to be able to leave this barn, try to find my way back, it's time to introduce a new segment here on Radio Radio, the podcast. It's Radio Radio, the Never Have I Ever. This is going to be a segment about, you know, self-knowledge, uh, and you can play along at home. I, I guess I'll start. I I might as well begin with an easy one, Um, so for my turn, I'll say, never have I ever spent a night alone in the woods. uh, I've gone camping before with family and with the Boy Scouts when I was a kid, and yes, those were both deeply scary, but uh, something about being out here, you know, even though I did find a sort of shelter that somehow has stood the test of time, Something about this feels different, uh... I can't even imagine trying to fall asleep, uh, set myself up in the middle of the room because I can only imagine that, you know, along the corners of these walls is, you know, where there might be a snake just coiled up waiting for me, so I'm sitting in the middle of the room on this bucket. Why this bucket was in the middle of the room already turned over, All never know and i mean there's absolutely no chance i'm gonna look to see what's underneath it uh so that is that's that's my first turn never have i ever spent the night alone in the woods um never never have i ever um gone gone to bed without dinner i i guess that yeah that's maybe one that has some people putting their fingers down and, you know, I'm gonna spend the night here rather than wander off into the woods in the dark uh, by myself, but, yeah, I don't, I I didn't bring any food with me, and I, you know, never really gone hungry, so it's it's hard for that not to be on my mind, but, you know, I imagine there are people out there who have, uh, who might even be listening to this, Um, so, you know, that's, That's, I guess, something that I can confess to you. Uh, okay. Well, that's round two. Um, never have I ever, um, started a fire, and, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a fact yet, but I didn't get that magnifying glass back, and... I'm, you know, I'm worried what I'll find when I get back to the Pangea. I'm probably just going to drive away. Um, <sighs> never have I ever um, gone on a trip on my own. Uh, that's it's obviously just the thing I'm doing now. So I guess I, it's like I've divided up my life into, like, this and then before this, and I'm still living, uh, in the past, almost. Um, so I guess I have gone on a trip on my own, but, you know, it's like this, these last, this last week and a half hasn't quite caught up with me yet. Like, that's not how I see myself. So I guess I'll go ahead and put a finger down for that one. That one's kind of a half- Half truth. Um, never have I ever tried a sherbet. Um, I just, they don't appeal to me. I, I like a dairy treat. And so, you know, if you're following along at home, you can just send in your never have I evers to radio, radio the podcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at it's um, at Nick 2 too, and you know, uh, in the next week or so, I'll tally all of these up and uh, we'll see who the winner of Never Have I Ever is for this week, and that person gets a paper cap that they make uh, a pattern for a paper cap. Um, thanks so much, everybody, for playing along this week, uh, and good luck. I'm rooting for all of you. Um, but, you know, in the interests of, uh, self-discovery, I'm gonna, you know, take something I learned during that game, I'm gonna flip it around, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna change something about myself that I don't necessarily like, and that's gonna be a running part of the Radio Radio Never Have I Ever segment, and I think the thing that I can do this week, the thing that I can act on, is I'm gonna flip over this bucket, so... Hold on to that paper cap and your socks and your seats. If you're on the edge of them, don't fall down and hurt yourself. Alright, let's see what it is. A book? There, there, uh, there was a book under the uh, bucket. Just a little, you know, rectangular hardcover book. Uh, the covers faded out, um, but a lot of these pages are still pretty legible. Um, yeah, wow, how old is this? I mean, it doesn't even have a, a publication date. Um, it looks handwritten. Let me let me see what it. What I can see here. Um okay. Yeah, a lot of this looks Okay. The bow-legged and precociously anemic Thomas Aponis, at the mediocre age of fifteen, settled down once again to his studies he adjusted his herringbone spectacles and glanced down at the page. For the fourth time in five minutes, he read, Every happy family is all alike, and every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. You can say that again, he muttered to himself, and the same can be said for students at a boarding school, but double. Having said this, He paused, again, to reflect upon the possibility of his own cleverness, about which he longed to be praised. There's a lot of gaps here. Looks like there's water damage. Um, Let's see if I can find more of this that's legible. Maybe one of you will be familiar with what this book is, and you can um, let us know what I found. Thomas Uponis has, of course, both of these, that is, a family and fellow students at Sebastian Pascale Boarding and Preparatory Academy, Alpine West Campus. He at times feels, however, that he seldom sees or speaks to either since returning to school after winter break for the spring semester, a break which he spent mostly being looked after by a cousin with a crumbling old-fashioned station wagon, as his parents were abroad at temporary posts at universities in the United States. He had, since returning, begun a solitary study of the first sentences of the great works of literature in various English translations. Wow, what a kid. Um, here, is there... Um, on the way, however, on the way where? Thomas is interrupted by an unfamiliar sight. He raises one hand to his brow to shade his eyes. And squints, interpreting what he sees. A hand. Legs trotting at a comfortable pace. A voice calling. Hey Thomas, hold on a second. This is indeed peculiar. What does that even mean? Thomas knows that voice, of course. Another student. He knows that hand. Those legs. He knows those legs. This is... the name is crossed out. I think it might have been Andrew, but it might also have been Rachel, and he attends Sebastian primarily to study music with a concentration on theory. He has a special dispensation for the piano in his dormitory, which last semester he nearly had revoked due to his repeated noise curfew violations. A rather sentimental resident advisor, after graduation, had passed down to Andrew a set of over-the-ear headphones so that he could be plugged into the piano directly. So that issue was resolved, and there were no further complaints, save for those harbored not-so-privately by Andrew's long-suffering roommate, who was half-mad from the late-night plick-plick-plick of plastic keys tapping in the otherwise silent dead of night but who was either too sporting or too sympathetic to Andrew's obvious passion to officially complain. Doing so would risk forcing him, meaning Andrew, to stop playing the piano. And anyways, he considered it just when he frequently made off with Andrew's personal snacks, school supplies, and got to uh, enjoy the pleasure of others' commiseration with his circumstances. Okay. There's... this is hundreds of pages long. This... I can't tell if it's all one story. There's just gaps of empty pages. I think... I think whoever uh, was in this barn last might have come out here to try and write some kind of novel or short stories. Let's see if there's anything else in here. Um, looks like a lot of... Another day comes and goes, and a little of Thomas upon us comes and goes upon it. What does that mean? Another month comes and goes, and his precociously thick glasses grow a little thicker. Another week passes, and he fills another notebook with his scribblings. Another day, and tomorrow, a group project is due in history. Oh my god. Well, I I mean, like I said, this goes on like this. I I could spend all night reading it out loud to you and not even get close to the end, but I'm not going to do that now. Um, I think that we can go ahead and call an end to this segment of Radio Radio Presents Never Have I Ever. Um, I looked under the bucket that felt like a step forward, but now I feel like that step forward was, uh, straight into just quicksand. I am just, I have no idea what to do with this, um, but I'm going to take it with me. I may have lost a magnifying glass today, but this book, uh, will be like a magnifying glass into the life of the person who wrote it. I think by the time I get to the end. Um, I'll know. I'll know what happened here. Um, suddenly, this empty barn makes so much more sense. Um, I wish that I wish that you could see this book. Some of the pages that uh, don't have writing on them have just black and white, like pencil scribbles, little drawings of strange figures. Um maybe I can take pictures of some of those and post them but for now um that's that's going to be the end of my recording tonight um pick it back up tomorrow when I'm sure I'll get out of the woods fine and get on my way um yes thank you <laughs>
2: You have reached the voicemail box of...
0: Nick Gogol?
2: When you have finished recording, please hang up or press 1 for more options. Hello, Nick. It has been a long time and now, after all these years, I finally understand. I finally understand that you have forgotten me. I am calling now because... Because I just want to say that I still exist. I am still here, and I exist... ...even though you have forgotten me. I can see the ocean where I am, Nick. When was the last time you saw the ocean? Maybe if you heard the waves again... ...saw the gulls... ...felt the spray... ...maybe then you would remember my voice... ...remember my face... ...remember me. But that does not matter anymore. Tomorrow will be for you just another day. Tomorrow will take you to another town down another highway, past forests and fields and schools and shopping malls, past factory campuses and fire stations. Tomorrow will not just be another day for me, tomorrow will be a first day. I wonder how long it will take you to notice that I am gone. I wonder if you will notice at all. I know that your drive may eventually bring you, whether by accident or design, near to me again. If that happens, if you find yourself driving through... Your message has reached the maximum length allowed by this device. If you would like to continue your message, please hang up and call again.
0: Am I here because I want to run my own life? Or this whole time have I just been running away from things. I was about a dozen miles away from the soybean farm when I saw on my phone that I had a voicemail. The voicemail you just heard. It cut off suddenly uh, when it hit the maximum length allowed and whoever it was that called didn't call back. I don't know who it was. I don't know what town that they were going to say at the end of that message. I only know two things. I know that in the time that I've been on this trip, and maybe for months before that, I haven't been doing anything. I've just been running away from things that happened to me or that, that, that are the, consequences of things I used to do. I used to do things. Um, I guess you could say the last thing I really did was tear up the WBWWJC MFD studios. But what am I doing now? Now I'm just professionally running away. So that's, so that's one thing I know. And the other thing I know is that whoever left that message for me they're by the ocean I don't know which ocean I don't know if they're in the United States I just know that I've got four wheels under me and I have finally got something to do I've got somewhere to go so the next time you hear from me I'll be driving all night I don't know exactly where yet, but I'll be at the ocean. I'll be at the ocean, and I'll be there with the winner of this week's Never Have I Ever, and I still owe you a winner from last week's This American, Two Truths But One Is A Lie, and I'm finally going to follow up on all of that. So tune in next week, where I finally do something. Dispatch, this is Eggplant149er. My head's in the clouds and my tail's on the ground. I'm gonna be running about 15 behind. Over.